Well, everybody, welcome back to the new edition of Bundy and Bill's Real Deal Hockey here on Flyers Radio 24-7. Um, Bill Meltzer along with Chris Terrian. It's been um, an interesting first-plus week of the season for the Flyers. You know, they're coming off of a one-nothing uh, loss to, to Vegas. Uh, really played, I thought, a better hockey game overall than, than they did in uh, winning the game in Ottawa. On the flip side, though, I didn't like the third period, you know, last game. I thought the Flyers played played well in the Particularly the first period, I liked the start they had. I thought in the third period, even though they even though they gave up six shots, they spent a, they spent too much time on their own end of the ice, particularly in the first half of the period. Yeah, you're you're playing a tired team, playing the fourth time in six nights. You know, overall, I thought it was a, a much better effort. You're going to win more games than you lose if you play that way overall. But you know, uh, but I, I thought the Flyers really could have gone after you know, you know it's, yeah, a little better. You're right, Bill. I think that I didn't like the I like the way the first fifty minutes went. Yeah. And you're gonna see games sometimes that are zero zero or they're one one tight going in deep into the third period where you've got to find a way either to get it to overtime or to not shoot yourself in the foot. What I didn't like in that game is I did feel a little bit like uh, uh, like Vegas kind of took over for no good reason right. inside the last twelve minutes or so of that hockey game. Uh, I can assure you right now, just knowing uh, the way Gerard Gallant coaches, and I played with Ryan McGill, I guarantee you as coaches, they told their team, let's try to win a one nothing game today. They'd lost three in a row in grand fashion before that. So Vegas, a team with a lot of pride coming off a Stanley Cup final, I knew that they were going to do what they had to do to give themselves a chance Saturday, and that's exactly what happened. Right, and there, and there were there were the chances there, you know. I mean, oh, Flyers out chance. Yeah, I mean, by, he had by far seven or eight ten bell saves yeah. by Flurry. Easily his best game of the year, and I'm not sure if he'll be able to play another game as good as that one. Flyers were clearly bested by the future Hall, Hall of Famer, no question on yeah. Saturday. No, absolutely, and you know, I, I think that if you play that way more often than not, you're gonna you're gonna win. You know, um, yes, I, I like that a lot better than the game. Against Ottawa, against Ottawa, I thought you know they kind of played to their opponent a little bit, and they were you know they they'd come off such a bad game the previous game against San Jose that without a practice in between, I thought it, I thought it might be a little ugly and run and gun, and that's exactly what it was. The goals were there, but uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna score seven goals every game. I, I thought that uh, I thought. Saturday's game was at least a step in the right direction. It was. I thought they got back to playing the right way. Even against Ottawa, I agree with you, too. That It was a sloppy win against a team that is young, up and coming, and, and really not adept to to playing solid, tight defense, probably late in third periods with the young roster they have. But a lot of people ask me this week, you know what, how the hell could a team lose 8-2 to two in the home opener? And my answer is simple. It, it happens. Uh, unfortunately, it's, it's been ha- there's been a lot of crooked numbers thrown on other teams over the years. It's an inopportune time for it to happen. Uh, but that being said, uh, the next night, and I think we talked to during the week, was all about the two points for me against Ottawa, right. not so much about the process of getting the two points. It was just about walking out of Ottawa, uh, who probably uh, you know will be the worst team in the league this year. I believe they will be when it's all said and done. Uh, and the Flyers albeit you have to beat teams like that. They went about their business and got the two points. And and I thought structurally uh, they played a very, very good game Saturday. Just were not rewarded for it. No, definitely. And, you know, I thought that in the, the even the San Jose game, you know, games like that happen sometimes when you have some opportunities early. You know, I, I didn't think – I didn't think – I thought offensively that San Jose had a lot of push and they, they took advantage of pretty much every Flyers mistake and ended up in the back of the net. But – on the flip side of that, I thought I thought the Flyers had all kinds of scoring chances in that game. In the first period, 
you know, in the opening minute of the game, Nolan Patrick has a great opportunity, collects a turnover, you know, and almost scores there, right? Then right before they give up the first goal, um, Konechny is wide open by, wide open by the net. Um, all he has to do is put it upstairs and even had time to stop the puck and put it upstairs, um, you know, a little, it's one of those cases of one extra pass, put it back the other way, you know, the scoring chance was lost, and then Ghost makes a nice nice keep out of the blue line that goes to uh, Provorov, gets blocked to go the other way. I wonder answer. if, I was thinking to myself, <laughs> Ghost put on such a show in the sequence leading up to the Provorov turnover, I was thinking to myself, maybe Provorov's trying to get shifty too on it. <laughs> it was just, an, that was unfortunate because you could really tell that Ghost was so on his game on that shift, and just, I mean, three great keeps, um, Again, that just falls back to to the hockey gods, I believe. It had uh, you fall back one or two goals that early in the game. Uh, San Jose again is a team that had their worst game easily uh, in probably the last calendar year, yeah. the day before against the Islanders. Yeah. And you come out against the Flyers team in their home opener. They had nothing to worry about except putting their skates on and going out and trying to play a good hockey game, and that they were rewarded for it. Flyers home openers can be tricky. Because you try to prepare for them and you try to put the distractions aside of getting your family tickets, your mom and dad comes into town, your brothers and sisters right. want to see the first game, and you get caught up in the hoopla of the entire day, and it snuck up and bit the Flyers. And that also said coming off a Western Conference road trip to start the year. Sure, sure. And, and you know, we're not going to go through every goal here. Right. But the goal that really bothered me in that game was the second one. Because that was 11 seconds after the, the first one. Oh, yeah. Get, get beat off of a center ice faceoff. Giroux gets beaten at the blue line. Um, net Hague, drive. Yeah, net drive. Uh, Hague gets beaten a little toe, toe drag move. It's a bad rebound on the play. Uh, McDonald's left with two guys to cover, and really covered neither one of them. And, you know, then it's in the net. So, you know, to give up two back-to-back like that, that's all of a sudden where the game's going off the rails, and it just never got back on the rails after that. Well, the Flyers now sitting at 2-3 and three on the year. It's kind of an incomplete grade right now, yeah. and, uh, a busy week about to uh, uh, take place for the Flyers. Uh, tomorrow night against a Florida team, just to get a quick preview of the week, a Florida team that is, uh, un, uh, has not won a game yet. They have yeah. not defeated anybody and lost to another team we thought was going to be uh, a cellar dweller in Vancouver who came in and swept the state of Florida, which uh, I don't know how that happened, but nonetheless it did. Um so you got Florida coming in here, another team that will be prepared. They were the team I think everybody thought would take the next step this year. They're off to a, a very uh, a disappointing start. Uh, before the Flyers on move to Columbus, at Columbus, and some division schedule games, and then Jersey, a home game for the Flyers Saturday at 1 p.m. So it'll be a busy week, Bill, with those conference games really coming at the uh, Flyers fast and furious. Yeah, and Flyers need to, you know, to get a home win. Ugly, pretty, any which way here. You know, the uh, it's important. It's important to uh, kind of get back on the horse a little bit at, at home. Um, again, Saturday was a step in the right direction. It's always a dangerous team when you're playing a team without a win. Now they've only played three games so far. You know, I, if I look around the NHL and you say you were to ask me who do I think is the fastest rising young player who nobody talks about to me, it's Barkov. Barkov. <laughs> yeah. And he's a uh, you know. Very dangerous hockey player, very complete player, oh. and uh, you know they're they're hurting a little bit in goal right now. Luongo is Luongo's been injured. Um, Florida's a hard team to play, so you know they they're uh, big, they're gritty. Yeah, they just have not. But again, I, and I think uh, you know I look at Bob Bugner, a guy who played in the NHL, 
Um, he's a guy who's a was a heart and soul type of player, and he got those guys playing some very very good hockey through a very difficult gauntlet at the end of last year, and they almost made it. They, yeah. they I think they ended up losing a game that they never should have lost, and of course that's the way it works. They were winning all those games, they lost like some maybe like a Montreal or Detroit late in the year, um, which kind of sunk them. But they're a team that to me, you're right, they have one of the better young defensemen in the league, and Ekblad. Uh, Aaron Eckblad, and then Barkov to me is a world-class talent, and I don't think there's any doubt about it. He's the kind of guy who could be someday, uh, from the way I see him, a, a a perennial either Selkie Trophy winner or even a Hart Trophy winner. So that's going to be uh, be interesting to see that guy in action. Definitely, and uh, and I think how the Flyers manage this week, that's going to tell a lot, and and that that's the difference between getting off to a decent start and. You know, digging yourself out of the hole a little bit. So I really think these next three games are the, uh, you know, it's an early key. I mean, you, you know, you've seen even last year where there was a 10-game winless streak, but they got back on the horse and got in the playoffs. But you don't want to, you don't want to spend the whole year climbing out of a hole. So I think that, uh, you know, especially early and just and yeah. just looking at the standings, just staying on the Eastern Conference quickly. I mean, looking at teams that we thought would be good uh, and that have had good starts, Toronto. Has had an absolutely unbelievable start. Matthews and Tavares look as advertised. Uh, Boston has had a good start. New Jersey, three zero and zero to start the season. Yeah. They've had a good start. Um, and then you got other teams that are kind of just trailing in the wind a little bit. Uh, Washington incomplete at five hundred. Uh, Pittsburgh two one and one. I don't want to go through the, in, enough uh, of the entire league, but some teams that have the, the teams that have surprised me, Bill, and it'll be again. We'll keep checking on them week after week. Carolina is a surprise to me. Four one and one, and again, you got a guy like Rod Brindamore played the game, knows the game, knows the players. He's going to, I think, send the right message. Uh, Buffalo may just have a good start. I don't know how they're going to stay in that top eight. And uh, again, the two teams down at the bottom, the Rangers and Detroit, they'll probably be there the entire year, in my estimation. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know, well, in, in Detroit is fortunate enough, I guess, to play in a one of the weaker divisions. It's really strong at the top, and then it, the bottom drops out yep. there. So, I, you know, I, I mean, I think you're looking, you know, probably at Ottawa and Montreal towards the bottom there with, with Detroit. None, none of them strike you as playoff teams. And Buffalo. Buffalo, too. Although I think Buffalo's on the way up. They are. But I don't think this is this is their year to jump up in a, a playoff spot. But they're, you know, they, they've kind of, to me, Buffalo's kind of hit what their bottom is going to be, and now they'll be, uh, you know, You'll see them get better year after year. Carolina is a team I think everybody been kind of waiting for them to take a step, and they just played. They were a team with no identity. Yeah. And every time we, we played down to the Flyers ago, I just felt like there was no team identity for them. Yeah. Uh, that may change now with, with Rod Brindamore there, a captain who won a cup in Carolina, a great teammate, and guys will play hard for him. Sure, and, and I you know, and I like the blue line they have. They have a they have a you know good back end there. Goaltending is a question mark. You know, they've, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of issues there to, to work through, but they are off to a, a good start. They won the first three games before, before their first setback of the year. And then, you know, and then sometimes, you know, you have to see after they come down to earth a little bit how uh, you know, how they go from there. be an interesting ride, certainly out west again, too. I mean, it, it, the, the west is, is, is really loaded uh, when you take a look at it. Arizona having the same start they had last year, one and three. At least they have a win before their 12th game last year. Uh, and St. Louis looks like they're trying to find their way a little bit as well. They made a lot of off-season moves at Red Bill. It, it just kind of, you can it can take a while to build that chemistry. Oh, definitely. And that that's a team that I wasn't sure was going to get off to a good start, and uh, you know, and, and kind of come together as the season went along. Of course, you remember last year they got off to an unbelievable start, 
And I uh, had a couple guys go down after, after Schwartz went down and they had some other injuries. And the bottom dropped out on them. Um, they've added they've added some frontline talent. They you know they're uh, they're a team that I think should be there all year. And uh, Dallas is off to a real nice start this year too. Um, they are the uh, first first couple games are really good. Um, and uh, you know they had a setback against Toronto, and then last game uh, last game against Anaheim they were trailing early, and then they. Uh, you know, kind of jumped up from there. Big, big second period went on to win. Another team that looks like they're back for some retribution. Perhaps we'll see if they, they're able to carry it on. Is, is the Chicago Blackhawks, three-time Stanley Cup champion with that core still intact? Yeah. Uh, a missed playoff. You know, they got exposed two years ago in the Nashville series. Remember, they lost that four four straight right. uh, in the, in the first round, and they never recovered last year. I would assume that there's plenty of pride in that locker room that will elevate their gameplay. Guys like Taves. Kane, they're both off to great starts. Yeah. That's going to be really, really important for Chicago through the course of this year. And 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 I guess another surprise, a big surprise for me with six games played is Anaheim. Without Corey Perry, that is a big, strong, physical team, the way they're built. And that sometimes you can yeah. you can get a long way and you can do a good job through injury situations when you're built like that. They're riddled with injuries. Getzlaff has missed the last couple of years. He games. has. Two, um, you know, they've uh, – Kessler just dressed for the first time this season yep. the other day, and they they were winning. Now they now they are they had a little bit of a disappointing game in Dallas because they got off to a quick start. It was two uh, nothing, three nothing early on, and then boom, 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 second period, and then kind of fell apart on them. And then you you know then you see how you bounce, how they bounce back from that. They they teams can win for a time, you know, without without a lot of key players, but then you know then. Sometimes reality sets in. I think they're going. I don't think Getzlaff's going to be out too long. But that's uh, that's you know Anaheim's always been kind of a dangerous team to me, and uh, you know and, and certainly you know they're they're a team that's never fun to play against. They get the Flyers, so. no doubt. And I think uh, when you look at just quickly get at the West, the other one team that I think everybody's going to be watching closely is Edmonton. They got a win the other day against the lowly New York Rangers. Uh, you know it's funny when you listen to some of the Canadian stations. The debate is starting, Bill, already, and I know it's frustrating. It's yeah. <laughs> starting to frustrate the Edmontonians. Well, too bad because right now Austin Matthews is the best player in the league. Yeah. He's had the best start. I think he's the more complete player of the two. People go crazy in Edmonton. I really don't care what they think because that's just a fact right now. I've seen this guy live. McDavid possesses an incredible arsenal of skill and speed, but Matthews does too, and he is accountable in his own zone and is willing to actually partake and defensive, uh, defensive part of the game. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's, that is what sets the two of them apart. You know, um, you know every every single year, uh, McDavid is going to either win the Art Ross or he's going to be right there in the top two or three, year in, year out. But he's not going to start being part of a winning team until – and it's got to start with him. Oh, yeah. Because when he buys in, then other guys will buy in too. And plus he's on the ice so much as well. You know, I – he might come. He might come to a point in his career like like an Iserman yep. did, or like a Mike Madonna did. Mm-hmm. You know, because Mike Madonna early in his career was a one-way player, and then he com- he became a complete player as he went along. You know, you might see that kind of evolution with McDavid, but he's not there. It's yet. not there yet. Yeah, yeah. And it may and it may even take another coach before that happens. So, yeah. uh, a great start to his career, and it's not that it's gone bad. It's just that he doesn't look and appear to be. Uh, built in the mold of Iserman, the, the player that he became later in his career. Right. And, and I'm not saying that it won't happen. It very easily could happen. It just has not happened yet. Uh, one of the one of the issues, you know, it's funny. I got talking to Michael Raffle today uh, uh, after uh, 
uh, after practice. And I, I was asking him about the, you know, why what's working well for him in his game. And he said, you know, he says, allow this skate with the puck and I'm, and I'm making more power moves with the puck, more decision to go to the front of that. And I actually flat out asked him, I said, is it easier for you now as a forward to get to the front of that? He goes, absolutely. I said, do you think there's less physicality in the NHL today than there was even when you came in? What's it been like, maybe five years now? Just taking a guess on it. Five, six right. years maybe? He says, absolutely, every single year the physicality has gone down in the NHL. Uh, there's almost no hitting some nights, he said. And, and, and I basically he was saying that's an advantage to a forward. If you can get in there, get on the forecheck, position yourself in front of the net, there's going to be a lot of goals available. Um, so – you know, I don't. I don't know what to think about that. To me, there, I'm still a believer that you have to, you should be able to have to pay a price to get to the front of the net, or pay a price for going in the corner to dig a puck out. But there's no question. There's not as much physicality. And now, when you see something with a little bit extra hit, or something that, that perhaps uh, it goes above what what appears to be the new normal, everybody gets a big hissy fit over it. Absolutely. I mean, last Flyers game, there was the. Uh the hit McNabb had on, on uh, Lindblom. And I give Lindblom some credit today because we were just downstairs talking with him. And he said, look, I put myself in a little bit of a vulnerable position there along the wall, so I'm a little bit responsible for it too. So you don't always hear guys say that. you know. Sometimes a guy takes a hit and it, his head makes contact with the boards. First thing he's looking for is the guy going to get suspended. Right. You know, is there's a major penalty. And, you know, he took, he took a little bit of ownership of that as well. Now, that being said, I thought it could have been a two-minute penalty, nothing more than that, not a, not a suspendable play or anything like that. Uh, now the big, big debate in the league today is what just happened in the. You touched a little bit upon the uh, the Florida Vancouver game. You know, Mike Matheson has a uh, phone hearing with the league, um, so he'll get he'll get a couple games out of it for his hit on uh, Elias Pettersson. First of all, what did you think about about the hit itself? He finished a check, and then he pushed the guy down at the end of it. I mean, are, are you not allowed to play? Because if if you, this game was built on the premise of. Um, Energy, physicality, uh, getting you know, playing with emotion, raw emotion was what I thought we thought made the game uh, a lot of fun. Now you don't want to see somebody take a dirty hit. I was three quarters of the way uh, in the corner of McNabb for that hit on, on uh, Lindblom the other day. Yeah. I felt if you in full speed, I don't know what else McNabb could have done. He was going to the guy. He was within half a foot. He had perfect body position to play him in the corner. Lindblom made the quick spin. The hits made. Now, if you back it up in slow motion, it absolutely oh, looks like he sh- it shoves his head right in yeah. with the elbow uh, or with the forearm, and 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 that that sells it the wrong way. For me, looking at it, uh, the hit the other night. I mean, if you're going to start taking and, and giving phone interviews uh, and and league discipline hearings for finishing your check or hitting a guy too hard, then that to me that's absolutely the wrong message to the fans. Yeah, I mean, you you had a situation. Matheson was frustrated because Pedersen had been. Going around him all game, right? And he, and so you know he engaged with him behind the net. He, you know, he, they, the phone hearing is for interference slash unsportsmanlike conduct. But he had the puck, so it was not interference. I thought it was roughing. I mean, he, he threw him to the ice kind of hard. Oh, sure. But, but that's two minutes. That's a two-minute roughing penalty. That's it. Yeah. And if and if there's no if he's not going off for testing or whatever, then you know then I don't think it's there's any hearing at all. One thing that I, that uh, you know. My take of it as well is there's no reaction from the Vancouver side. That, a lot of times that tells you. If the other guys on the ice are all, you know, angered about it, they're all ticked off, that, they'll sometimes tell you if it's a, a dirty play. You don't see teammates standing up for teammates the way you used to. It used to be oh, pretty no. automatic. 
Yeah, that yeah. was that was well, that was the most sacred thing that was probably in the game. If a guy got hurt or if a guy got run the wrong way, somebody would be there to back him up. Either the pack mentality, the entire Flyers franchise was built on sticking up for each other and being a good teammate. Um, it's just that that's just a shift in the league, I think, Bill. Uh, that's the way I see it. But I was down there and I've been down there at ice level uh, uh, for many years, and 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 I agreed with Michael Rothel. I saw less and less physical play every single year. And you know, I mean, and, and it's on both sides of it. You know, guys have guys have uh, get, guy gets suspended, he gets fined or, or whatever, and he's a little tentative the next time. Or sure. one of the one of the guys on the current team had a uh, you know it was an off the record conversation, so I won't say who it was, but he had a suspension, you know, his first year with the Flyers, and um, it was like you know I thought it was a perfectly good hit, and after that I was kind of questioning, you know. Who, it was an open ice, and uh, the guy ended up ducking his head a little bit, so it was, it was head contact. And he got a couple games for it. He's like, "Well, you know, if I can't hit, if I can't hit there, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do." So, you know, I, I do I do think that, uh, and we saw a little bit of that with Radko Gudis last year too, where he needs that physical edge. He needs to play in the if he doesn't play, push the envelope a little bit, change his game. In my yeah. the way I saw him play, I mean, if you you can't be tentative in that role if that's what you're used to playing. And part of that is making sure guys were that other guys were aware you're out there. That's what half the battle was for guys like Gudis. If you thought, hey, this guy might step up and just clean my clock in the middle of the ice, I've got to be aware of him. Well, if he's not playing to that level where he wants to be a guy that play physical and he's afraid he's going to get suspended for it, it's certainly going to change your game. And uh, you know, and it's going to be interesting when Tom Wilson comes back after 20 games out. I mean, Wilson is a guy who. His whole value was based on his physical game. So if he doesn't have that, and if he's you know, Washington doesn't yeah. win the cup without him, yeah. they don't win the cup without Tom Wilson. He was the one deterrent because Vegas had a lot of big, tough guys. They did. They had big, strong guys, and he was the neutralizer. He put enough, at least, doubt into the Vegas defense every time they went back for pucks that it was a difficult task for them. So, twenty games—that is an awful lot of, of games to to lose salary. Um, because I guess over time I've seen way worse hits than that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, it's what would the next step for him be? You know, the, then then you're looking like a Rafi Torres kind of thing where he's, you know, you go, you breathe yeah. in there, guy. You know, yeah. all those two games. Yeah. So you know, it's going to be interesting when uh, you know I, Flyers Flyers catch Washington mostly in the second half of the schedule. It, it might have been better to catch them a little early because they're a different team. They are a different team without them, for sure. Yeah, you, you you believe me when there's guys out there and you know that they're they're going to be out, uh, you know, a watchful eye and somebody that's going to provide you energy. You're aware of that, and they're valuable members of your team, even t- even in the game today. But we'll see again. If you make a good point, I don't know what kind of Tom Wilson we're going to see when, we, when he gets back. Uh, next time up, we're going to uh, hopefully have a guest with us. Um, from Flyers or around the NHL, we have a bunch of guys we're talking to here, so we will work out uh, those various details. Uh, but we'll be back uh, probably next week um, with uh, hopefully some good stuff to talk about in the upcoming Flyers games. Uh, it'd be nice to see them rattle off some wins here. The home, and, uh, the home thing's a big yeah. thing for me. I mean, I really think that they they were very, very good on home ice, really till last year, right. uh, where their record had dipped and. It's not, you know, 0-2 right now. They understand the importance of being good at home, and they're going to need to be better at home, far yeah, better. No, definitely. I mean, they, they came from 55 points down to 50 last year. Yeah. To be to be 0-2 so far is, uh, you know, not the best thing. So with two of the next three at home, I think it's important to, to you know, 
Get and, that the button. Get get some wins. Yeah, and some in their conference games. So the two point, the four point games, they mean a lot. And especially the Florida game, even though they're not in the same division, that's still going to be a team that's going to be right there at the end. So you may as well try to grab those two points and, and start factoring teams like that into the equation for you. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today, and we will be back at you uh, very soon with the next episode. Have a great week. Take care, everybody.